white and blue. We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim very high, then our football story will echo with glory. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 6. I'm Jack. I'm Kevin. I'm Chris. Hey, Mr. Latchford. And joining us for his first appearance on the show, it's Chris. Thank you. Um, so, Chris, your first time on the show. So, as usual with uh, first-time people on, we'd like to just get a, have a chat about sort of why you're a Spurs fan, your best and most memories of being a Spurs fan, sort of growing up and all of that. So, let's start off with, with the first question. So, why, why are you a Tottenham fan? So, I'm a Tottenham fan uh, purely by luck. Thankfully, your dad... Kevin, who's here with us today, um, started taking me to the games when I was about five years old. I got programmes from the 1994 season. He took me to the games purely because my dad's self-employed and was very often quite busy. Couldn't really sort of take me to the games. He, he could have, but you know, you don't want to take a, a kid to a football game mm. if you've got to take your, your clients or whatever. Um, so yeah, we started going over the 94 season and um, fell in love with it quickly after a couple of games. I went to a handful of games in the 94 season that I've got programmes for and um, was just completely overwhelmed by the noise and just found it really exciting. So you, are you still collecting programmes? So you had quite an extensive collection. I right? did, I did. Um, some fans probably hate me for this, but I threw away a few programmes last year, purely, <laughs> purely, <laughs> purely because I was just, you know, with storage and that. But... Um, I haven't got programs for maybe the last two seasons, um, purely because of sort of price reasons. Really, if yeah. you get a program and a drink, and you know, it all mounts up. But um, no, I still go to as many games as I can. Yeah, because right. we we do quite a few, or we haven't done for a few seasons. We normally do quite a few away games together. Um, was pick programs up there. Is there any? Are there any sort of standout ones? I imagine you, from cup finals and stuff like that. You've got some. The I've got the programme still from the 1999 Worthington yeah, Cup final that's yeah. it that, that was all that together yeah. that was really memorable I know that it was, was only the, the League Cup but it was just a really special day. special day that was um, Old Trafford FA Cup semi-final 2001 against Arsenal yeah the Woolwich game yeah. 2001 2002 I got the programme from that and uh, yeah several away games Birmingham good. Sunderland yeah how many do you reckon you've got total? A couple of must have a couple of hundred surely 300 maybe 300, something like that go. need to count got more, any, if anyone's got more programmes than Chris let's know that would be a good little Stato. composition yeah Stato oh, Stato will have by the thousand wouldn't it <laughs> um, cool so we were just chatting off here so you can't actually remember what your first game is but we think it's the 94 season 94 season so going back then we didn't really have the best sort of team we had sort of you know we weren't in a relegation battle but we were sort of teetering on the mm. edge of it we were sort of regularly finishing 14th, 15th. Is that Jürgen, uh, am I right? Is that Jürgen Klinsmann? Or is um, that the year before? Just the year before, the year really. Before. Yeah, Jürgen was 94, 95. So Chris would have seen him play at some point. Um, would have seen him play at some point um, during that season. Uh, seeing the great man play is another great thing. Who we, else was like, who featured in that team in 94? We had Teddy before he left to go to United. Uh, Colin Caldwell, Gary Mabbott. Um, Anderson would have been around. Anderson would have been there. Underrated. It was, was a young Jamie Clapham. Yeah, or Luke, run, Luke, yeah. Luke Young as well. Jamie I think, I think it might have been there, maybe. Um, 
but yeah, sort of only sort of vague memories of that. As I say, we weren't the best team. But um, do you remember much of that season? There, do you remember any any specific games? Or, or maybe like like if if you got like a, a really early memory of Spurs, like the first sort of one you can recall. Have you got anything like that? I can remember sort of the first couple of seasons. I think I had two or three seasons a combined. 10, 12 games where I hadn't seen us lose. Uh, saw a lot of draws, I think. But, um, yeah, obviously that came to an end. But specific games, I can remember it being really sort of inconsistent, really. Yeah. We'd, beat, we'd beat someone and then you'd lose to someone silly. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was good. I remember sort of seeing the first victory over Arsenal, I think, in the late 90s. Sherwood getting a free kick and it was the first time we'd beaten them in the league for... 20 plus long years, time, I think. Yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, you must really appreciate it now as well, right? So, being a fan in the early 90s, mid 90s, seeing all of those struggles, you must now be like, Well, it's quality being a Spurs fan, right? It's such a contrast to see the progression. Um, about 22 years been going to the games and to sort of see how far we've come really is uh, is pretty amazing. Quality. We've sort of risen went from that to a mid-table side and then European spaces and now sort of top four is it's incredible yeah it's mad that that makes me feel old you're saying 22 years going to games <laughs> that does make me feel old yeah um, from obviously you've been going quite a while is there a standout player a couple of players that are sort of your favourite from your time going over there Sort of thinking over the last couple of days, there's been two players and I've been really hard to split between the two. One of them's Luka Modric. Mm. I just love the way he played. Yeah. I love the way he played. Well, he's not, the one, that like that. He's yeah. not the one I've gone for, but um, I'll tell you about the other one in a minute. But Modric, yeah, just made, you know, made things tick and uh, started off moves. Um, but the one I went for in the end was Robbie Keane. Because I just yeah, think he's a he's a tireless worker. Um, he's like he like for me he's like he sums up Spurs like everything that Spurs about. Mm. Maybe not the best player in the world, but like the work rate and like the flair and just something about him. I think uh, when we watch it, we watch the uh, big screen over there before the game and any clips from the nineties, uh, any clips what whatsoever um, involves a Robbie Keane goal. Um, every, every single time you know you look up and you say oh he's going to score in this guy he's going to score and, and it's always the same he's a wonderful player wonderful any, any favourite Robbie Keane memories one of mine is I think it was against Birmingham the kid put the ball down he was hiding behind him he just ran <laughs> round and took it off him and tapped it in that was, like, a, that was a classic that was a great goal. I think the goal against Woolwich in the semi-final in the 5-1 when we come out in the second half he was 2-0 up and I think he scored Near enough, yeah. He got the straight third, after, he? got the third straight away. Yeah. Um, it's a great goals he scored mm. though. Chelsea game, cup game. It was three three, was it? At Stamford Bridge. Three, no, at the lane three three. The ball drops to him the about twenty five yards out, and he oh, bends it first game. time past. Was that the four, uh, that was the four all? Was that the four all? Um, that was just after the cup final. That was. Yeah. And we were yeah yeah that um that was an absolute. He scored all different types of goals, four, didn't two, he? Four two down in that, weren't we? I think in that game. Three one. And then um, three one, three three. Joe Cole got a brace for good Chelsea. Goodachini save from Berbatov in the last minute. Right, and the we end. nicked yeah. it five four, didn't we? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, no, he was a, yeah, he was a one you player. It was cool. for you, Modric or Hoddle. Who's the better player? Oh, no, Hoddle, Hoddle. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not going to harp on about Hoddle for a whole hour, but. Hoddle I've just heard people that went in the seventies and eighties when you went say that Modric is as good. Modric's a wonderful player, and I'm hoping. 
that Harry Winks is going to turn out to be as good as Modric. Big statement. So it, I think a, a tasty midfield three of like Modric just sat in front of the back four, control it, and then Hoddle and Gaza just in front. That would be quite good in the modern day, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd no, be a wonderful a Tasty play. little midfield. Um, Favourite game you've been to, Chris? Or a collection of games that you've been to? Um, there's a couple. Uh, the two um, I've got in mind aren't actually wins, which is a bit strange. You might hmm. sort of hate me for saying that. But um, again, going way back to when we weren't as good, 5-4 loss at home to Arsenal. Because um, that was the Arsenal Invincibles team. No one could get a point off of them. We took them sort of all the way to the yeah. sort of end of the 90 minutes. It, was, it must have been great for the neutral. And the other one was the 4-4... Uh, home game with Aston Villa. Oh, I remember the anniversary that. game. We were well, we, we sat were at, together. We were we we sat we? together, and I can remember sort of going from sort of despair to delight when we equalised at the end. Ball, weren't it? In yeah. Time. Um, I think I have to put a victory in really. So I got a loss, a loss, and a defeat there. So the victory is probably the nine-one at home to Wigan. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Sat in slower for that, and for the neutral, it probably wouldn't have been a very good game to watch. But it was, it was lovely for us, sort yeah. of watching every attack go in and. Yeah. That's, one, uh, that's one goal I missed that game I don't know why I wasn't at it I went to it the following season and was like maybe we can repeat remember losing 1-0 Roddy Aker scored yeah, unbelievable, <laughs> typical, unbelievable. typical. Classic, classic Spurs that was that was an absolute stinker um, I'm trying to think if there's any more uh, our favourite favourite goal you've seen or a couple of goals live goals live um got to be a David Ginola there isn't there you know it's your era Ginola was great player I'm sure he's He's scored quite a few. From sort of recent memory, Bale's last two home games, he got one against Sunderland, one yeah, against Southampton, oh, yeah. both in the top left corner, I think, and they were pretty special yeah, goals. Um, I would have liked to have been there for the Rose goal against Arsenal. Sadly, I wasn't. Um, that was great. I remember Asu Okoto getting a fairly good goal against Liverpool first first day of the season. I yeah. think it was quite a few years ago. But um, that was we took a free kick and it come back to him. And he just yeah. absolutely levered it you, in the top corner. I think he was probably on our tickets that day because I think we were was, we were on holiday, was, weren't we? Because we were out in Spain, weren't we? In that yeah, bar we watching were. it, and your brother was about seven at the time and stood on the stage with his arms in the air, didn't he? Yeah. Afterwards, and oh, upset all the scouts. That's Scousers. what the song scored on his debut. Stevie G got a pen. I can't yeah, remember right score for them, time, but yeah. got a pen and mm. they come and then yeah. we just absolutely done them with that goal. That was great. Some good some good memories and then like like hopes for this season. Like what what what's a good season for us this season? If we if we finished fourth, is is that a good season or is that actually should we be aiming higher than that now? If you look at where we are and the way we've been playing, then fourth is not really good enough, but I'd be delighted if we match last season third again mm, bearing in mind absolutely. we're second right now if we got third again absolutely. it's an incredible season mm. no matter what happens in the cups or anything like that because you know at the start of the campaign you sort of compare the strength of the other teams the Guardiola mm. Conte Wenger and you know Liverpool looking stronger to get second or third would be incredible so mm. if we can do that two years in a row and then next year maybe say let's kick on and try and win the mm. league depending on the signings and yeah, yeah I think for me as well it's about just getting that stability so mm. not getting too ahead of time becoming an established step by step top four Champions League I think next season I think the, the priority this year finishing that top three again you never know what might happen in the FA Cup but get out your group next year in the Champions League become a bit more of an established European team over the next maybe the next couple of seasons and then you can 
look, I think, to kick on and try and win the league. I think there's a lot of fans that tend to get a bit carried away sometimes mm. and think we've had, really, one season up there and all of a sudden we should be winning the league. It's, it's a look back where you've come from, haven't you? I yeah. think um, I think third is the way to way to go. As to what, you, you, don't, you, you don't want to be qualifying for the Champions League because it, it, it concentrates your mind for the first couple of weeks of the season. You, you want to be straight in that group stage. And if... I don't think Leicester will, but if if Leicester won the Champions League and United won the Europa League, then fourth's not going to be good enough to get into Europe. You know, you'd have to finish in the top three. So um, because there's what, only what, five clubs allowed. What would the odds have been at the start of last season of Leicester winning the league and then the following season then winning the Champions League? Hmm. What would their odds have been? Oh, yeah. They Mil- must have been million to one, hundred thousand to one. Yeah, I, th- I think the the, the the difference is is that. They've got Atletico, haven't they, in the next round? Oh, they're, mm. they're, 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 they're a fantastic team. But with the other two Spanish teams being kept apart, they're the top three teams to me. Definitely. Bayern are a good team, but I don't think Bayern are a match on the two uh, on the three Spanish teams, personally. I think Spanish football is so strong at the moment. They tend to do quite well in Europe, against, especially against English teams, Bayern, don't they? Yeah, tend they do. to. Yeah. Um, so we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's what's the priority for you, Chris? Is it is getting in the top four, or top three this season, or FA Cup? I know the two don't. It doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. Spurs, but if you if it was like sixth in the FA Cup or third, what would you what would you be inclined to pick for sort of for sort of long term ambitions? I think we should be aiming for um, obviously a Champions League finish, as Kevin was saying, an automatic finish, not mm. just a qualifying finish. I do want to win a cup and we haven't had the FA Cup since 1991 and winning a cup obviously helps the team grow uh, with confidence, but I would prioritise Champions League in terms of revenue, in terms of the players that you want to keep and get and um, yeah, take it from there. So what do you think? I think, um, yeah, you know, I tend to agree with Chris. I'm, I mean, tr- you can't beat trophies. You can't beat the day out and the pictures and the memories and all mm. of that. Uh, just, I was just reading about the um, Champions League from the previous season and, and the revenues. Um, and I think Woolwich picked up something like £43 million for being in it. Obviously, you know, as, as always, they got knocked out in the last 16. Um, and I think we picked up £18 million for the Europa League. But I think if you go deep into the tournament, like um, Liverpool did, I think they they were up into the thirty millions for the wow. Europa League last year. So there's money to dismissing the Europa League, which I've often been guilty of. Mm, me too. You can still pick up your twenty five million for being in it, and that is still a lot of money. And with the group stages, you know, you 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 still can blood some younger players and that there because it's not quite as difficult. But we need to be in the Champions League every year, you know. We need to be going to Wembley next year, um, having the great nights that we did, but actually going there and winning games. And, mm. and that will come, that will come. Revenue will helps come. towards the stadium as well, doesn't it? That we're yeah, and, and I think in, in the long term, you know, uh, BT have just signed up for a new contract. There's a, a, a another pay rise involved in that, not for next season, but the season after. Oh, okay. And with Champions League games being split then, so you're going to have the the six o'clock kickoffs and the five past eight kickoffs, like in the Europa League, uh, um, I think then that that you know the revenue you're going to get from the TV revenue and the exposure will go up a lot more because the the earlier kickoffs, the you're just about tapping into some of the far eastern markets, um, you know as well. So 
again, it, it all makes all adds up, and it's all going to help to pay off for the new ground, Absolutely. which is uh, which we need quite a lot of seasons of that. Simon Mitchell, a friend of the show, wrote into down the Facebook page and said, after the performance against Man United at the start of December, he put himself on a Spurs detox. So refused to watch Spurs play for the first time in years. They started doing better and better and better. After they went 2-0 up against Southampton, he tuned in for the second half. We were awful. <laughs> so, should he reimpose the ban on himself or get over it and watch the game anyway? He should reimpose the ban on himself for me, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, it's, it's always a difficult one. I mean, if you love the club, you, you support them through thick and thin. That's the whole idea of it. You get behind your team. We've had all this woolage and their support has been divided. You, you get behind your team. You know, we've had some hard seasons. We've always got behind our team, always. And he's then followed up and said, do you guys have any other random Spurs superstitions? So... For me, I've got I've got one, and it's it's a bit of a strange one. It's if I'm at a game, sat there, and we're playing well, I don't want to move because I think if I move, it's going to have an like a universal mm. impact. But someone on how wants the to teams. get out, so you have to stand up to let them out of the row. That's it. That's it. They might as well go home. I'm going <laughs> to lose. But that's like my weird one. It's like if I'm sat there with my arms crossed, I'm like, don't uncross your arms, rule over. But if you uncross your arms, then. For some reason, that will give the opposition a lift. So, do you have any superstitions, or not, do you not, do anything the same? Is there like a routine? I that think you go everyone's through? got their kind of same routine, and and people tend to get in the ground. You're either in the ground half an hour before. I like to get in the ground half an hour before, minimum half an hour before, because you can see, watch them warm up. You get, you get in with the atmosphere, and I think it's really nice. You get some people that like to be at the turnstile at five to five to kick off, you know, and, mm. and they're in the ground and. One guy in our road, he's never there on time, and he's always trotting along at five past. You know, you know, just as the game started, we're all standing up to let him through. Usually, as a crucial attacking moment or something like that. <laughs> just get yeah. the universal size on our row when you see this guy. Oh the God, game over here he comes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Steve, who sits next up, if he's listening, is uh, very guilty of that one. Yeah. Um, Chris, any any superstitions or any routines or Not anything that you have? Really, only for like the the derby games, the West Ham, Arsenal, Chelsea. I'll take the same scarf that I've had probably for the whole twenty years that I've been going. Like but that. that's that's the only that's the only thing for me really. I like that. Um, other stuff that we've had in on the Facebook page as well. So um, Mark Walsh again, another friend of the show, um, was written in and said, "I didn't think Sun was very effective on Sunday. Would you give Janssen a nod against Burnley and maybe go with Sun off the bench?" Or do we change to a four-five-one to accommodate both, which means Davis or Vertonghen at left back, which can cause problems, or do you drop Dyer? I think with the international break, some teams will revert to four-five-one, so our players will get some practice in. I only suggest Jan at left back as he's been enjoying the occasional run forward in a few games, especially against Everton and Millwall. His ball over the top from advanced position set up the hilarious chains of events for the penalty. So a few questions from Mark there. So I guess first of all, we should probably talk about the game against Southampton. Um, home game going into it they didn't have heaps to play for Southampton but they're a good team they've got some good players they've got a good crop of young British players coming through Redmond Wall Prowse being two in particular Bertrand as well left back um, he went with Sun up front Pochettino which I expected him to do. I think most people expected him to go with Sun from yeah, the start yeah. um, although Janssen did do well when he came on against Millwall um, but I agree with Mark I didn't think Sun had a great game I thought he was quite quiet Um we were okay, I thought, throughout. I didn't think we were 
brilliant. We took our chances and we went in half time 2 0. Um, Southampton were pretty poor and gave us a lot of respect. And obviously, at half time, that was what Claude Paul said to them you've got to get in their face and mix it a little bit more. The second half, I actually thought it's the best half of football I've seen from an opposition team at the lane all season. Because they really stopped us playing Southampton. We didn't do anything going forward. They controlled the tempo of the game. They slowed us down. They moved us wide. They got us into areas where they were comfortable defending. Um, we didn't really have that much link-up play. I think Ericsson, Ali and Son were all very, very quiet in the second half. Not because they were playing bad, but I just thought Southampton showed that that is how you stop or control at least a team that play that system. It really, really forced us back. Wal Prowse, who I thought had a really good game for Southampton, is, is going to be an excellent player, got the goal. And then at 2-1 it was quite nervy, considering we battered them really first half. We were hanging on but not hanging on. They didn't really create anything in Southampton, but we were on the back foot for the last 20 minutes. Um, but did well to get over the line. Um, but I, I'm not sure what I'd do about the striking option. I'd, it's a difficult one with Janssen. I mean, he, he came on... He got five minutes and he did well when he came on. He chased the ball down. He won a few free kicks. What what more can a striker really do? I'd I'd, I'd actually start with Janssen at, at Burnley. That's a I, big I, statement. Yeah, no, That's no. I statement. think I think he'll hold the ball up. Well, I think also you've got to look at Suns. What he's up to this week, I do believe he's he's out right out in China at some point. So mm. it depends what time he gets back. When you're away on international, if you're in the Far East and you're away on international duty for the week, your body clock is going to adapt more to, to the Eastern time. You know, talking a six, seven hour time difference. So, so coming back, you know, it is tired. It's, you know, he's, he's going to be looking at, you know, probably, you know, best part of 20 hours in the air while he's away. Um, so maybe bring him off the bench. I think he works quite well off the bench sometimes, mm. son. And I think... I like seeing him on the left side, like where he used to play Lamella last year. I, I, I quite like him now. I think when he's running at full-backs, he's quite dangerous. I don't think he's great playing with his back to the goal. I think, And, and I think we're going to need that against Burnley. I think we're going to need someone who plays with his back to the goal, can hold the, the play up. That's what we lacked in the second half against Southampton. Playing devil's advocate, if you're Ben Mee or you're Michael Keane, you're two big, strong centre-backs... Do you want a Janssen up there? It's going to be a lot of 50-50s. Or do you want a son who's going to be nippy, probably take you into areas of the pitch you don't want to be in? So what is is going with Janssen up front against Burnley what they'd want? Is that playing into their hands? Because there's a tendency, if you've got a big lump up front, for Toby or Jan to get the ball and be like, there's a 40-yard ball forward. Would that, would that be playing into think, their hands? I don't think we play like that. It's not like, you know, we're, we're, we're like... West Ham and we're, we're just hoofing the ball up Andy Carroll you know um, it's, it's not really like that I think it is you know I think when you're especially when you go away from home it doesn't matter who you play you'll come under pressure at some point and if you can get the ball up the field and hang on to it in the opponent's half for a little while just takes the pressure off quietens the crowd down sits them all down it's all about doing them things all about doing them things who would, would, who would you go Chris would you go Jansen or would you go or would you go someone else it's difficult. I mean, we did we did play Ali up front in the second half the other day, but I still think he's better off with Sun in that midfield three behind the striker. And let's be honest, like whoever you play up front's not going to be as effective as Kane. They're not going to make the same runs or hold up the ball as well as Kane. Um, I guess it's kind of making the best of a um, of the situation at the moment. But 
I, I don't know, I, I can see Sun causing problems for the Burnley defenders because I don't think they're the quickest and with him pressing them up there. But then again, Janssen is strong and can hold up the ball, as you say. So, What's your take on Janssen? Like, are you all for, let's give him an opportunity, he'll come good? Or are you, he's had his chance, he's, he's barely scored, ship him out in the summer? I really like the look of him, but I don't think, similar to Soldado, I don't think that one up front does anything for him. I think if he played, it's not going to happen, but if he played up front with Kane or with Son, I think he'd be a much better player. I saw that in, in his day, or his first start was against Palace at home. Mm. Right, I think it was the second game of the season, and they yeah. both started, a bit in 1-0, but... And he looked, he looked good. That so maybe it's a system thing. I don't know. But then, does that then come back to why are we buying players that can't come into I, our system? I think at the start of the season, it was more like um, he was playing off of Kane, and Kane was in a more number ten position, which mm. which I personally thinks an absolute load of nonsense. You you know you wouldn't you, have Kane on corners then, no. Yeah, I wouldn't have Kane on corners, and uh, I, you know you put him up front where he scores the goals. I think the system we play, you're quite right. We've gone to this, you know, five at the back, if you want to call it that, or three at the back and five in midfield, however you want to call it. Um, and I don't think he quite fits into that system, but I still think he's got um, a part to play at the club. And stick with him. We've seen a lot of players come in, not just at Tottenham, but in a lot of other teams. Mm. And they take that year just to adapt to the Premier League. And... We saw it maybe a bit with Son. You know, Son goes out and he's quite comfortable. He didn't do great at the weekend, but he's quite comfortable now. And it does take that little bit of time just to settle in. So I would stick with him. You know, but you say that can can we not? We surely we can play the three at the back, but still play two strikers because at the minute it's like a it's a three four three effectively. You've got Kane through the middle and then Ali on one side, Eriksson on the other. Could you not slightly change that and play almost like a three four one two? So let's say you took Eriksson out of the team, you could have Ali in the hole and then Kane and Janssen. And you're not really changing the overall shape, but you've got your two forwards. I think you might leave a bit of a gap in midfield because you've only then got. Basically, three midfield players. If Wanyama's sitting just in front of the back four or the back three, you've then only got two central midfield players. Technically, I think you're leaving yourself, you know, the likes of Woolwich and probably City are going to stick three in there mm. and you're going to struggle. And then, so formation wise, so just going back to Mark's other point, you'd stick with what we're doing or would you, would you mm. change it for Burnley and go to a more of a 4 2 3 1? I'll stick with it. I think. Continuity is key, especially at this point in the season, taking any risks and changing formation. I know we've been talking about two up front, but I would stick with just the current formation as it is. If we are in need of a goal, if we're struggling to break Burnley down like I think we will, um, then yeah, you've always got that option of bringing on Jansen and going two up. But, you know, stick at it as we are at the moment and see what happens. Yeah, I think your point on continuity as well, it's, it's mad how a run of games and a bit of confidence affects a player's performance. Look at Ben Davis. Mm. He has been outstanding. The last three games, he's been absolutely brilliant in that left wing-back position. Um, and when he first came in, he looked shaky and people were like, he can't play the wing-back. The yeah. Europa League game against Ghent, he, yeah. he, he struggled and found it hard. And everyone was like, oh, is he, is he going to be able to do it? And a run of games and just knowing I'm going to be playing next week. And now he looks as comfortable as anybody at them. Really, I don't feel like the last couple of games we've massively missed Rose. Don't get me wrong, I'd still want Rose over Davis mm. in that position, but it was a bit of a problem initially. But now, 
that's absolutely fine. And I think he's been so consistent in a position. I mean, coming into a team in a attacking left wing back position where Danny Rose has been in, there aren't many left backs in the league in Europe. I don't think that could come in and really take it on. But I think he's done so well, considering as well that he's he's a much different left back. He's not a bomb on. Yeah. He's a behind the ball consistent. Mm. I want to defend first left back to adapt his game as as well as he's done is incredible. I think I think going forward he's done really well in the like, and you see how high up the pitch he is. Yeah. I mean, when he first came into the team, you know, when you see how high up Walker is, and you can draw a straight line across the pitch. Davis was probably to start with eight, ten yards further back, but now he's he's confident going forward. He's in that wide area all the time. He's confident going past. And as Jack quite rightly says, it is through having five or six games in the team, knowing that you know, unfortunately, if Rose is fit, it's probably similar to Kieran Trippier. You know, if Walker's fit, he's going to be on the bench the next game, regardless of what he does. That that that's just the way it is, unfortunately. What are your thoughts on Kieran Trippier? Because I think he's probably the most unluckiest player in the Premier League at the moment because when he's played he has been so good and his delivery I'd say he's he's got best delivery at the club in open play his crossing is is unbelievable what, what what do you think does he does he deserve more game time chris or is he he's back up and and that's the end of it unfortunately and that's one of the the downsides to sort of having a, a successful big team is that your second team is going to be very very good but your first team is just so good. You know, that level of competition is necessary. And yeah, they Trippy and Davis could both walk into first 11s of 15 of the other teams in the league, probably. But um, we're going to struggle to keep hold... I think Trippy as well, he's the main one. Do you think we'll struggle to keep hold of him in the summer? I don't think so. I think Pochettino is loved so much by those players. I mean, I was reading earlier today that uh, Lloris was basically committing his future to the club, saying he's very happy there. But he said that his future leverages on if Poch stays, basically. Mm. Um, and just going back to Davis and his sort of run of five or six games and the way his confidence has grown, as you said, I think credit to Poch again because he sat him down, he gave him that contract, he put his hand on his shoulder. Mm. Gave him cardboard the, cut out of Poch's team. That's it. That's it. He gave him the contract and that's given him a massive boost. And I think that's why the players love him. Um, and that's why I think Davis and Trippier will probably stay. Yeah. I, th- I think it's quite interesting because uh, with Chris saying, you know, when you started going, you know, you know, all them years ago, and then players Trippier and Davis would have walked into the Spurs team mm. then, and probably even say thirteen years ago, twelve, thirteen years ago, would have been first choice. So it proves how we've improved as a club. I know a lot of other teams have as well. Definitely. Could he yeah. score a screamer against Man United? Like, like Steve <laughs> Carr, yeah. Could he do it? Because I don't <laughs> think there's many right backs in football that could score a goal like that. Um, thoughts on that Burnley game then? Because they've got one of the best home records in the league. I think they've only taken two points away all season. All the points have come mm. at Turf more. They've given everyone a game. They've not really been hammered scoreline-wise all season. They've always been in the game. So think back to the game at the lane, which was 2-1. We were a goal down, fought back and narrowly beat. Deserved to win, but narrowly beat them. They played well at the lane. They're, they're quite a tough, compact side. So I think it's going to be quite a difficult game. What are your thoughts going into it? It's, it's, every game's hard. You, get, you know, we, we, we've got the two away games coming up the week after next. You know, we've got Burnley and then we're at Swansea midweek away. Both be hard games. You know, we've got to have at least four points in these games. If I offered you four you know. points now, would you take four points? Probably would with a heavy heart. Mm. Mm. Probably would with a heavy heart. 
because with Watford coming up then at home at the weekend, where we are, we need six points. You know, we've, we've, we've got to keep this run going. It gets tough towards the end of the season, but if we're in a good position, then it's just a case of hanging on. And what are we thinking? Are we thinking we've got a win to sort of chase Chelsea down or is it we've got a win to open the gap like, do, you, do we think that the league's gone I think most fans would unfortunately admit that yeah the league is gone even though it's 10 points and it's it's been caught I think at this stage before I think you know it's uh, I think Liverpool chucked away a similar yeah. lead at this stage of the season and obviously Newcastle famously but um, no I think we need to strengthen our grip on second and third because Top four is still not guaranteed. It might sound silly. I know we're second, but top four is still not guaranteed. As Kevin says, we need to get as many points as possible every game now between end of the season. So I think um, I think the Chelsea leads um, unassailable. Unfortunately, it pains mm. me to say it. Um, ten games to go, ten points behind. You know, you've got Chelsea have got to lose three games, draw another one. They've got to only win six games really, mm. and that's allowing for us to win all ten realistically we're likely maybe to lose one maybe draw one you know the 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 best we the best we could hope for was was 25 points and you know that's still that's still dropping five points that'll only need Chelsea winning really needing five wins to win the league Mm. so unfortunately it pains me to say it and it's just going to be you know down to us to stop them doing the double I think as well I'd, I'd like to just quickly talk about the home form so that's a club record, 10 consecutive wins at home in the league, which is remarkable. And to have to have won 10 in a row and still be 10 points behind Chelsea does sort of say like how far ahead really they've been. They went on that remarkable run, but to be at a point where we're setting club records is brilliant. And what a fitting way to end the last season of mm. the lane as well. To set a club record, like to go the whole season unbeaten would be... Imagine winning all the rest of our home games oh. and winning sort of like... 13, 14 in a row at home in the last season. What what a way to finish as, that would be. Yeah, you're right. I think there's a couple of things. I mean, it's 10 at home in the league on the trot. Uh, Chelsea have actually matched that. Um, we're second in Europe um, behind Juventus with 15, believe it or not. Wow, 15. Yeah. And we've. Um, I did read somewhere, I think Stato will let you know if I've got the season wrong, but I think the only season we've gone unbeaten at home in the league was the 64-65 season um, and that in them days was 21 matches mm. not 19 but I can't ever recall us you know I've, I remember season we've lost like two at home I think under Redknapp we did it a couple of years running but going back again to the, the 90s and the noughties it was always 60 feet at home 70 <laughs> feet at mm. home you know pretty depressing really um, <clears throat> it is a case of getting the perfect season that's the problem. We've not been quite as good away this year. Mm. Whereas think, last year... Is it we've won four away? Yeah, I think, we, not... I think we won about ten away last year. And we was all bemoaning the fact that what cost us last year was draws at home. <laughs> so it is kind of, you've got to get all parts of it right. You know, that that's the difficult thing. Unfortunately, Chelsea have done that at the moment. Yeah. I just think, what, what a brilliant last season it would be in the lane yeah, as well. Brilliant. It must be up there with... Sort of the best, the best home seasons. If you thinking back to the years, if you go back to sort of the seventies and eighties, has there been a time where we've been as good? The, I've not been going anywhere near as long as you have, but I think of time when we had Harry. I felt like we were invincible at home, and every home game I thought we'll win 
three four nil. Mm. But now I feel like it doesn't matter who we're playing. I feel like if we were playing Barcelona the weekend at the lane, I'd go into it being like, I'm it, confident. It, it, you know, if you look at the stats, it's the best season I've ever seen at home. You know, we've won. You know, we've won all the cup games as well. You know, and we five past Gillingham, six past Millwall. You know, they're they're not obviously great teams, but you've still got to go out there and win them games. So you know. Um, yeah, it's been good. It's been a good. It's been a, it's been very good at home this season. Mm. Four games to go. That's all now at home. We've still got six away. Bad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's dawning quite quickly now. You know, we we've got you know, Watford and Bournemouth. No easy games. They should be two comfortable wins. We should win them games. Um, and then to end the season, we've got Woolwich and, and May United, which is going to be hard games. I love the fact that the last game ever at White Lane is going to be Tottenham Man United. Yeah, it's a great well. game. I'm glad it's not game. the Arsenal game. Yes, so am I. But, but like Tottenham Man United, like, like historically, that's always been a ginormous game mm. for us. It's always felt like Tottenham Man United at the Lane has always been a good game as well. It's not ever been sort of games where teams shut out. and It's always been a lot of goals, attacking football down think, the years. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think um, we've had issues with Man United in recent years. I think uh, I was my friend Cole actually made a very good point in the, in, when we was talking, I think, at the weekend or the week before. And he said... That's unlike Cole as well, <laughs> isn't it? Making a... Uh, <laughs> it, it was a positive point. It wasn't a negative oh, Christian Eriksen point. No, no, this was a positive one. This was. Uh, he was saying about May United when we play May United, we we play the club, not the team, and I, and I think he's right, especially when we go away. And we've we've had this thing about them, you know, and we shouldn't be frightened now going out and playing. You know, we play City, we're a better team in United, and we, we've gone out and and not played played without fear against them and. and I'll make him right on that one. I remember a game against Man U quite a few years ago and we went up to Old Trafford and we went one there for a while and we had a team of Parker, Modric, Bale, Van der Vaart, Ledley and I was like, we've got a real chance. I was like, they think they were playing Anderson and Tom Cleverley centre mid. <laughs> I was like, we got this and they beat us 3-0. 3-0 down at half-time. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely, absolutely crumbled. But yeah, that I cannot wait for that last game. I think that atmosphere there will be amazing. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the club do as well because they can't obviously just let that game go by. They'll, there'll be something that they'll do Flags there. Flags or yeah. a ceremony before the game or after we the game. Saying it would be great to let the fans take something. Because it's May United, they won't let you. I'd like to take a spanner in and unbolt my seat and, mm. and take me. We've sat in the same seats throughout 10 seasons now. I'd like to if take a spanner take any, in. If you could take anything from White Hart Lane. What, oh, what, I'd love to take the seat. I'd love to say, or get a little bit of the pitch would be great, wouldn't it? Exactly. Uh, probably be too heavy, but the, one of the gold cockerels off the roof would oh, be pretty nice. Yeah. Put it in the garden, be a nice little That'd ornament. Or on on the roof of your house, so upset <laughs> all the neighbours. No, yeah. that, that would be quality. That, no, that'd be wicked. But I, I'm interested to see what the club does. I'm sure they'll do something. Prediction for that Burnley game, anyway. Just a quick one on that. What do you think? Um, I think it'd be tight, and I'm going to go two-one Spurs. 1-0 close game yeah they're a good organised team I think, I, I think I'd go for a 1-0 as well mm. I think that'll be I think that'll be a tight game um, a couple more listener questions actually just before we finish um, Kev this first one's for you from Junior Salanga from Africa uh, and he said would you rather have fingers for toes or toes for fingers <laughs> oh god dear oh dear uh, was it again fingers for toes fingers or for toes or toes for fingers Fingers for toes. Fingers for toes. Any, any reason why? More flexibility. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, 
and Chris, Sandy Derrick from the UAE. Um, if you were to be trapped on a desert island of any Spurs player, past or present, who would it be? Uh, Gomez, who's a bit of a clown, and he is quite a, quite a funny guy. He'd keep you entertained, wouldn't he? Two clowns on the same island. There we go. That's what that would be. That's great. Um, only problem with Gomez is he'd be dropping things, wouldn't he? That's yeah. Everything, isn't <laughs> trust him to get the coconuts and nothing like that, oh, should you? Because he'd God, just be dropping yeah. them all over. What? I remember, just a quick one on Gomez, being at Tottenham versus Blackpool. Don't you remember when they were out? Oh, the famous Charlie Adam penalty. And they had they got a penalty with about 10 minutes to go, Charlie Adam. And he come up to take it. And Gomez pulled off his unbelievable save. Mm-hmm. Adam levered it. It was right in the top corner. Yeah. Somehow Gomez tipped it over. And you just thought, what a save that is. From the result, resulting corner, he decided to just punch one of the defenders <laughs> to give a penalty away. Charlie Adam then come up and tuck that one away. <laughs> Classic Go- Gomez. Gomez Stoke did make one of my favourite ever saves at Tottenham from, Va- from a Van Persie free kick when we beat mm-hmm. the 2-1 for the I first time that. in a long while. And... Um, that was an absolute superb save. And Ledley King included him in his... Uh, he when he did, did the fantasy football. Well. Yeah, he put mm, him in 1-11 as the main goalkeeper. He did, didn't he? Who's the worst goalkeeper you've ever seen at Spurs? <laughs> oh, God, that's... Should be able to think of a few. Bobby Mims weren't great. We signed him from Everton. He was an up-and-promising goalkeeper. And the quick story about him, he used to live opposite to some of my friends in Buckhurst Hill. And his goalkeeping was so bad, we were going to box his car in one day so he couldn't get to the ground. Brilliant. Um, I would throw Ben Ornwick's name ben Ornwick, yeah. into there. He played one game, which was at Burnley. Do you remember? The semi-final game. And he had it? an absolute shocker. He was dreadful. And he'd never played, just disappeared. I don't know, yeah. don't know what happened to him. Any any goalkeepers, Chris? That just there was one uh, Stipe Pletikosa, oh, uh, the Croatian that we call. we loaned oh. we loaned him, and he he was there for the he Arsenal was. Cup game, wasn't he? I'm adamant that this happened. Mm. That we were at a game. It was an away game. I think it was at Stoke, and he was named as an outfield yes, player. Yeah, I'm yep. adamant that happened. Redknapp, wasn't it? I cannot find it. I've looked so much online to try and find him registered as an outfield player on the bench cannot find it anywhere so I was certain it was Stoke when we won 2-1 Good Johnson and Crenshaw mm. I cannot find it anywhere so if that is true answer on a postcard someone because I'm, I'm pretty certain that was true that was probably it must have been near the January transfer yeah window. I was going to yeah. say Harry was trying to say that he was desperately <laughs> short of players and Sahara you know, Nelson. we needed to waste money on a load of nobodies yeah, yeah. but I, I was so so certain that that happened that's but, true yeah um, I remember that one final question as well where is Abby? That was the question. We haven't heard from him for ages, Abbas. Have we? Oh, Abbas. Um, but if you if you do go to Google, which I've just done now, um, and actually type in Abbey and click on Maps. So for me, Abbey Homes Limited in London, uh, Abbey Properties, and then Abbey's, Abbey? Abbey's Perry Perry Grill. He's been busy. Which sounds yeah. good. So. <laughs> Waltham Abbey you've got as well? Yeah, you? so you there's, there's, there's lots of Abbeys, really. Abbey um, National. And if you also go on to Urban Dictionary and type in Abbey, it says, the girl who always has a good time. So, <laughs> there you go the girl who is always making people laugh and who is easily loved so there you go There's well having met the great man it would be nice to hear his uh, voice back on this uh, pod again at some point yeah so there you go there's your answer where's Abby <laughs> the girl who always has a good time so, there we go um, anything else we want to talk about no I think uh, I think we've covered everything, covered everything. leave you something to talk about next week because 
there being international uh, games at the moment. Yeah, England are actually, we're recording this now, England are playing at the moment. Mm. We watched, I watched the first half and England were great, really, really played well against Germany. What is, do we know what the score well, is? They were the losing 1-0, Podolski had scored. Oh, I think. sorry. So, Woolwich, uh, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unfortunately. That, mm. but Harry Kane's going to be named as New England captain, so it, it's, it'll all be good when that happens and there's a there's a lily white at the centre of uh, centre of England. Um, Kev, always good to have you on. Not too much, so it's good to well, you know, leave have, to, uh, have to guide you. Being as <laughs> Brilliant. And Chris, great to have you on. First Thank time you on. for having me. Brilliant. I really um, enjoyed it. We'll get you back on again soon. Um, I remember whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Aussies knees have gone all trembly And a Tim requires assembly Danny Montlower Local boy Ledley King Greavesy scoring everything Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle Lee Young-Pyo Casey Keller, USA Woodgate is not fit to play Tramatini, Kudachini Freddie Canute Gary Mavitt in Chilin Sergi Rembrandt for the win Run for me, Nick on me, 4-3 Stout Terry Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I go to White Hart Lane Lineker playing fair Modric here, there, everywhere Pat Jennings, luscious hair Super Vertonghen Avliachenko number nine Nine from the halfway line Villa's running 81 Under Twin Towers Harry Redknapp steals on wheels The legend Steve Perryman MBE Hugo Loris clean sheet Ball and Stefan Dalmatti I'm playing out white I'll play Nicola Bertie Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick His football did the trick He showed the world what Spurs could do The League and Cup we won in 1961 Aaron Lennon's lime green shoes Gareth Bailey used to lose Alan Hart and Wheel knew his passport said Spain Berbatov, turn and strop Hartsy saving from the spot Beat Chelsea at Wembley, we lifted the League Cup Maradona is a spur We're the football connoisseurs Chaz and Dave, Scottney Rays, Chirpy the Cockerel Mendes shoots from halfway. Carol Pumbling the same. Clattenburg doesn't, doesn't give the goal. Abizela's work of art. Tricky Rafa van der Vaart. He's got no head, we don't care. Martin, Martin, yo. Lily White's from White Hart Lane. Red so Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler. Getting to the grounds of pain. Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy into Equalise Ginger Pele in disguise He will speak of the technique that Jason Dozel at Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Raziak, don't come back Andersimovic Crenshaw substitution Tom Hardister's distribution Jermaine Defoe, he's Cisco These linguistic skills Scott Parker could not try harder Danny Rose is 30 yarder Darren Bent's headed wide Sandra could have scored that Heroes in blue and white 
We sold a Cora and we dropped some more Spurs make my dark days bright But it makes me sad the sticker was so bad Robbie Keane in the box Edgar David Dreadlocks Palacios Stripey Socks Everson Hattrick Dave Mackay picking fights European glory nights Terry Dyson go on my son Cliff Jones on the wing Dean Richards, John White, legendary Lily White, Al Dere, Esther Kick, Two Dare is to do. Clive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Les Allen, Rory Allen, Russell Allen, Allen Gilsey. Lily White's from White on Lane. Kazuyuki Soda, Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. Liam Walker's page to go. Gus Gomez made super saves, he can shag my wife Edrington loved the cookies Andy Reid loved the cookies Star Wars music and some Wookiees right before the game Heroes in blue and white When I feel depressed in Coccinola undressed Point won't give up the fight Bullfox never quits, you can be sure of it Robinson's long shot AVB's deep squat David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup Andy Sinton's England call Michael Brown starts a brawl Peter Crouch, 8 foot tall Jürgen Klinsmann's dive Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision Howard Webb's bad decisions Raman Vega playing Sega Sandro's kung fu kick Eric Torsten looking swell Espen Barson Leonard and Smith and Shivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue We love to win style We've done it for a while It's better to rain playing high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily White and White are main If the budget allows The anchor will be ours Thanks Dave Henson 44 if he were here, we'd buy the boy a beer Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick, it's the ball did the trick He showed the world what's for to do The leading cup we won in 1961 Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain, I go to White Hot Lane To win in style, we've done it for a while It's better to aim, play high Then our football story will echo with glory